This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 41. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Mark Wall. Mark helps build teams and manage processes to create digital products and services, often using WordPress. He's a technical director at the Jake Group, a DC-based digital agency. He's also a dad, amateur woodworker, cider maker, and a Yankees fan. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hey, Mark. Welcome. Hi, guys. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, if you would, please, sir. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I am Mark Wall. I uh, live in Annandale, Virginia. Um, I uh, am originally from uh, Western New York, uh, Rochester, New York, and I came to D.C. about 20 years ago, um, and I've been here ever since. Um, I am. Uh, I have two kids. Uh, I'm a dad. Um, and uh, I work in WordPress, uh, building uh, websites and other products and services um, for all manner of clients. How did you get started with WordPress, Mark? What's your background for with tech? Sure. Um, I thought about this a good deal and uh, remembered some things that I hadn't thought about for quite a while. Uh, I guess uh, when I was in middle school in the 80s, uh, my school offered a, a basic programming class. Um, and uh, I took that over the summer and I thought that was cool. Uh, and, and then I promptly stopped uh, doing that sort of thing for about uh, 15 years um, <laughs> and uh, went and studied English in college and uh, literature and uh, then came down to D.C. Um, to work for an environmental nonprofit. So that was my thing back then. Um, but that was the late nineties and, uh, we were looking for new ways to communicate our message and, uh, the web was just sort of burgeoning then. Um, so, uh, I remembered how much I enjoyed that programming and, uh, I was kind of the guy, uh, me and another guy, um, at, at my organization that was willing to sort of get their hands dirty, figuring out HTML and, and the web. Um, and, uh, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Soon thereafter, I ended up in a graduate uh, program at Georgetown uh, called Communication, Culture, and Technology um, that was very multidisciplinary. Um, and uh, people studied all sorts of different things from, you know, the economics of the Internet to policy. Um, and among the things that I studied uh, was actually code. Um, and I got involved with a, an internship there and a group uh, building websites. Um, and, uh, and I really enjoyed that and built some cool stuff uh, for the university and, and, some, and some related clients. Um, after that, I ended up sort of still interested in, in advocacy and, and nonprofits. Um, so I did that for about another year after grad school, uh, until I really realized that my passion was more on the engineering side of things. Um, and, uh, made some moves then, uh, freelance for about a year, um, 
and connected with some people and then uh, ended up, uh, you know, building websites for a living. Um, and I've been uh, with the Jake group uh, for about 12, 12 or 13 years now, um, building all sorts of different things. That is uh, a pretty impressive story uh, to work its way from from Western New York down to D.C. and and uh, around the like. What really caught my attention, and from the way that Tara is smiling, I think it caught hers, was the degree that you you explored and got at Georgetown. Can you talk us through that a little bit? I, I'm trying to remember the three words you said. Something like culture, creativity, and, and it wasn't code, but it was like technology or something like that. Sure. Tell us more about that, if you would. What did you sure. start? It was, it's called Communication, Culture, and Technology. Um, I started in 99. I think the program started in 96 or 97. Um, and it was really uh, a, an attempt to make sense of what this new thing at that time, the World Wide Web, uh, was becoming. Um, and it was sort of born out of many different, uh, many different disciplines, um, uh, from sort of more on the liberal arts side to more technology side. <clears throat> like I said, economics and, and, um, and policy. And so there were, uh, there were, and continue to be, uh, a lot of great professors there from all those different disciplines. Um, and it was, it, it, it represents itself as a, I think, multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary program. Um, I studied, you know, in terms of in terms of academics, I really focused on the the economic side of things. Um, but uh, there was a there was a group there called Keybridge.net um, at the time. And uh, so that's where I started getting my, uh, started getting my coding chops, um, working with them. Um, there are all sorts of people out there who are CCT grads who, um, who do all sorts of different interesting things. I, I do code and technology, but there are people in, in government, uh, people um, doing more artistic stuff. Um, it's, it's a very interesting program, um, especially if you are sort of self-directed and willing to, you know, have an idea of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I was at a conference this weekend, uh, World IA Day, and I saw someone speak, and uh, I really enjoyed her talk. Um, and I thought, yeah, she looks a little familiar, but I'm not sure why. And only a couple of days later did I realize that we graduated from CCT together. <laughs> uh, and I haven't reached out to you yet. I have to contact her. Wow, that's really fascinating. What what a great opportunity that you had to do that. I'm I'm sitting here sort of jealous because I live in DC too, and I'm thinking, gosh, how did I know, know about that? It sounds like <laughs> a great mixture of all the things that now are so important in the kind of work that you do that we do. Uh, anybody who works with the web, but you were really on the forefront of that. That's really exciting. And uh, it was cool. Yeah, like I will add that. Uh, um, so it was 99 to 2001 that I was there, which was smack dab in the middle of the dot-com crash, mm-hmm. man crash. So when I went in, everyone was very excited about all the business opportunities that there were. And when I left, everyone was uh, a little bit more <laughs> realistic about things. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's great. What, what did it take for you to go back to school after already working? Had you thought about that before you... When you graduated from your undergrad, or did you always plan to go to grad school? 
you know, I didn't always plan to, that it was, a, it was an option. Um, and, uh, I think it was just the discovery of the web and how it was changing things that we were doing, um, at the environmental group I was at, um, and how big that seemed to me. Um, and I wanted to be among a group of people who were thinking about those things, um, and get an opportunity, uh, you know, sort of to, to learn more together. Yeah. And so how does that translate into what you do now at the Jake group? You, um, how, how long have you been there and what's your, what's your role with them? Yeah. So in 2003, uh, that's when I started freelancing. Um, and I did that for about a year, which was a great experience. Um, probably not, uh, you know, it was, it was great for me, but it led me to a, uh, a more formal job. And I think that was what was right for me. Um, uh, one of the things that that led to was that uh, my colleague, Anna Lee, who, uh, who is the creative director and president of the J Group, also graduated from CCT with me. Um, so there was a relationship there. Um, but also, um, I think the broadness of that program, um, beyond just the code and building of sites and technology, um, really... Uh, gives me an ability uh, to, or perspective anyway, um, to talk to clients um, and bring to bear some sort of critical thinking and uh, some problem solving uh, to, their, to their issues and challenges. What, uh, what is your specific role there in terms of, are you, do you mostly do coding and tech work there now or mm-hmm. you've been there a while? So I imagine yeah. you're in a management so, role. So I do code, um, uh, you know, working in WordPress largely, um, and uh, and I've always been a little bit more on the back end um, than the front end, but I do both. Um, but that's not primarily what I do right now. Um, I'm more often working with the team um, and leading the development team um, and trying to find ways for folks to work more effectively um, as individuals and together. Um, and, and also working a lot with clients. Uh, I, I work with clients in managing projects and specking out um, uh, projects and you know, finding solutions to the issues uh, that they bring to us. Um, so more often than that, I'm, I'm working with people, working with teams, and, 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 and trying to build teams um, to, to execute the projects that we're working on. Well, it sounds like you get to wear a few different hats and do a lot of things. I'm going to ask you a question we ask of everyone, which is to talk to us a little bit about what success means to you, how you define it, where you find yourself if you're on a path towards success, where you find yourself uh, on that path, and generally what's your definition of success? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> um, I gave this some thought, and uh, I think what – for for me, success is a process, um, and uh, because it, one destination is just a moment in time, really. And so, success for me is a process, and that process involves um, being involved with work and with people and, and relationships um, that that allow me to contribute to some ends that's bigger than myself. Um, that can be as simple as uh, you know helping a small company come up with a web presence um, to uh, working on a project that contributes to some uh, public good um, uh, to, you know, personal things like being involved with my family and the community. Um, but, but 
being able to contribute to something that's bigger than myself. And in so doing, um, feeling like I'm growing and improving um, and able to do more in the future and, and you know, learning and, and um, you know, moving forward. Um, the one thing that I would add to that is that ends that I talk about um, some way of measuring that. Um, and that's something that I try to bring to our clients a lot is uh, when we talk in the beginning of a project about discovery and planning, um, how are we going to measure that? And so uh, not to be, I, I don't want to be too, uh, too uh, soft with my answers. So there has to be some way of measuring, I guess, uh, in order to, to determine whether we're meeting goals um, and, and, or at least to have a target to move towards. Yeah. Is that at, how does that work? Is that intimidating to, to make a promise and then measure it and follow through? What kind of measurement are you talking about? And that applies to your clients, but also how do you apply that to your own self in terms of measuring your own ends? <laughs> so um, I guess I would say for clients, um, it is at first intimidating to say, I'm going to promise you this level of ROI on your project. Um, however, uh, I think what we, you know, we've been around for a good long time and the one-off projects are, are less uh, fun and less productive for us than the ongoing relationships where we develop a relationship with maybe a, some small project and then, and then uh, work together for a really long time. Um, and when you're working together for a really long time, you have to have those milestones um, along the way uh, to say, you know, we wanted to accomplish this thing and this is how we did or did not do that. Um, and the fact is, even when we don't do it, um, we can usually show progress and find ways to better reach the next milestone. Um, so what I find is setting those goals is not so much uh, a way to be evaluated than it is a way to build a team and work together um, to try to meet the next goal and then the goals after that. Um, for myself, that's a harder question. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I have lots of lists. Uh, I, I'm a list person. Um, I use Trello uh, for my own self as well as uh, scads of paper, and I tick things off. So I guess I could say goals are uh, goals are measured that way. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I hadn't really thought as much about that. I guess I set a goal for myself uh, uh, for how many books I want to read this year. Um, so I guess that's that's one way I, I measure things too. I am very good at setting goals around the number of books I want to read, and I am very bad at achieving goals around the number of books I want to read. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Mark, let me let me ask you about your within your definition of success of being uh, empowered to contribute to projects that are greater than yourself, but that allow you a capacity to grow and improve. What's the single most important thing you can do or you do every day to help ensure that you're staying on, on that journey, as you said, you're staying within mm -hmm. your process. Mm -hmm. um, so one, uh, one thing that I think is really important um, to, to stay on, stay on target, um, is, is almost exactly that staying focused on, on the important work at hand. Um, we're a small group, uh, at work, um, and we all are familiar with all the, 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 uh, demands and requirements put on us in our own lives. Um, and 
what I find to be most helpful is being able to, at the beginning of a day or at the beginning of a, of a task, to identify what the key thing is to, that needs to be done um, and focus on that. And that's, that's very hard. Um, it's, it's not only the most important thing, but it's also the hardest thing. Um, uh, when you have a lot of different uh, things going on, a lot of different projects at a, at a given time, figuring out what uh, is the thing to focus on um, and pointing yourself in that direction and, and staying in that direction, um, I think is, is one of the most important things I can do and, and hopefully can help others do that as well. Um, sure. That's sort of a short-term thing. Yep. I would also add uh, a sort of a broader thing is uh, building relationships. Um, uh, to the extent that my day involves uh, interacting with my team and uh, vendors and clients um, and building uh, relationships that you know extend over time um, that helps us get where we want to go. I like that building relationships, especially with your internal team, but also you had mentioned earlier how you prefer and find more value in working with clients and setting goals as a way to, to build team. How do you then, what does it look like as you're trying to help the team, both, you know, within your company and on the client side, stay focused? How does, how do you work together to determine what is the most important goal and then ensure that there is, if not collective buy-in, at least collective support for achieving that goal or staying focused on it? Right. Um, it's an ongoing, that's an ongoing process. Um, uh, the thing that we're doing of late, uh, we've, we've adopted using Asana as our task management system. And I've got, I've done a good deal of reading and, and learning about, um, uh, task boards and things like Kanban and, and, and Scrum. Um, we're not doing anything really formal like that. But we do use a board to sort of assemble a backlog of our tasks um, that not only I am, am sort of in charge of, but anyone else on the team um, is also very closely involved with. Um, and it works best when we can talk about high-level priorities, um, um, uh, you know, at, at the beginning, at the outset of a project or at the beginning of a week, and then let people... Uh, individuals prioritize what it is that needs to be done. Now, in a small organization like ours, um, there's constantly something that's coming in to disrupt uh, those plans. Of course. Of course. Um, and so having each one uh, able to make those decisions uh, on their own, um, as well as the ability literally to turn, I mean, our office is very open, so literally to turn around and consult on things. Um, uh, those are those are so that communication and that sort of backlog of tasks um, is something that we've found helpful so far um, in in helping to prioritize work. So it sounds like you've adopted a new system using Asana. How is that integrated with your team in terms of overlapping? And when you were talking about sharing these tasks, not stepping on each other's toes, has that been something that you found difficult to manage, or has it been pretty smooth? Uh, well. This iteration of Asana has worked really well. Um, we adopted a, uh, a, a tool called Creative Manager Pro, I think in 2005 or even before that, uh, which was a huge system, and it did so many things. It was wonderful, um, and we used it for about five minutes and then realized we had to invest so much time in setting everything up 
um, that we, uh, it just wasn't working for us. Um, and we've done that several times uh, over the years, including with Asana in one previous iteration, um, and just never made it work for us. Um, this time around, Asana is working for us, and the reason I think is that we have limited the scope of uh, how we're using it um, to very specific things. So managing those tasks as opposed to trying to create an uh, overarching project management system, which I is probably see. not what it's best for. Uh, we do use it to some degree to interact with clients on some bigger projects where we can share documents and share process reports and stuff like that. Uh, but it's really that granular element of um, finding a way to manage our, our day-to-day stuff um, that it's been useful for. Interesting. Um, well, sounds- there are lots of other tools that we use as well. Um, and I talk about sort of that uh, bottom-up uh, assembly of tools as opposed to the top-down. Maybe if we figured it all out, we could find a top-down tool that does it all. But um, it's been bottom-up that's worked best for us. Yeah, I know you and I have had conversations before about tools because you know I'm kind of a tool junkie. But yeah. um, they're they're good for helping to um, to overcome challenges. So, what would you say is your biggest challenge, both <clears throat> in your work environment and maybe mm-hmm. tackling those goals that we talked about with your scads of paper? Um, <laughs> what, what is that among your biggest challenges? What what is your biggest challenge, and have you or are you overcoming it? So. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me is workload. Um, having more, more things to do, uh, than I necessarily can or should be trying to accomplish. Um, again, we're a small agency, so, um, our, our workload really ebbs and flows a lot. Um, so there are times when we're a little less busy. There are times when we're super busy and it's really overwhelming. Um, and, uh, and, and that's a challenge. And so a lot of what I've talked about so far probably speaks to ways of trying to deal with that. Um, I'm also just inclined to probably bite off more than I can chew. That's, that's uh, me, I think. Um, and I, I try to try to deal, measure with that. Um, so beyond what I've already said, uh, what are things, ways to deal with that? One is going to bed. Um, uh, I am really a night owl. I've always been one. Um, and once I get going in the evening, I don't really want to stop. Um, and so what I've figured out is, uh, that going to bed is really helpful uh, because it keeps me healthy. Um, it keeps uh, me energized the next day. Um, and it also sets this limited scope for the resources and time that I have. Um, so if I say I'm going to bed at a certain time, um, I can only uh, make effort up until that time. Um, I'm not great at it. I still fail to, to, to meet my deadlines to go to bed. Uh, but yeah, getting rest is like one of those really simple things that's really hard to do that makes such a huge difference. Yeah. When you're on a roll, it's hard to stop. That's hard for for your family life too, though. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping people up. Yeah. Mark, Mark, where do, or how do woodworking and cider making feed into that, that balance that you were talking about? (laughs) Uh, So um, I was in a project and that probably speaks to the, to uh, be biting off more than I can choose sometimes. Um, 
So uh, woodworking, uh, that's sort of something that I was introduced to early in life. My grandfather made clocks. Um, my father did all manner projects uh, around the house, and I sort of learned some things and found it interesting and fun. Um, I just like to build things in general. Um, and so it, wood is something that's uh, readily available. Um, so I've, you know, just done lots of different project shelves and uh, a little bit of furniture here and there. Um, but uh, if you recall, was it 2010? Snowpocalypse, before we were really calling things apocalypse and right. Mageddon okay. and everything, yeah. there was that first big one where we were really here in the D.C. area, really like off for a week uh, or at home for a week. And uh, and I went down to the basement and I had, uh, I always grew up in western New York and we had cider all over the place growing up. And uh, I had been thinking about making my own cider. And so I built a uh, a cider press, a cider grinder and a cider press. Um, that is awesome. Uh, in that week, uh, just sort of a, a prototype. Um, and then from there, it's just sort of grown. And um, we started uh, hosting a, a um, apple fest each fall uh, where we people bring lots of apples, uh, all manner of different kinds of apples. And we press a whole bunch and people take a bunch home and then we make some hard cider um, from what's left over. Wow. Um, so that's a, that's a hobby and it is really fun and it's something that I, I spend uh, a good deal of time learning about and do it. That's impressive. That's impressive. You don't live far from me. So maybe I'll have to come to your Apple site yeah. party. Sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Next September. It'll be, that, it'll be year number nine this year. That may be one of the best things that came out of that snowpocalypse. I think <laughs> that you, did that. you actually had the materials to do it and, and uh, what a great, memory that you have in time of, of what yeah. that, what that That's meant right. to you. That's excellent. <laughs> Mark, tell us for a minute about your uh, interaction with the WordPress community. Cause I know I've seen you at some WordPress things. Um, what's your involvement there? Yeah. So, uh, so we started using WordPress, um, 2009 or 2010. Um, I had, uh, uh back at Georgetown, um, one of my first projects was building a CMS, um, very small, uh, very limited in scope, but nevertheless a CMS based in Cold Fusion and uh, Microsoft Access, um, which was a great way to learn, by the way. Um, and over the years, I built uh, sort of light CMSs for various purposes for, for some clients, um, but we were growing, and um, at that time, it seemed like we needed a more scalable solution. And, and uh, we considered some things, and WordPress uh, seemed a great route to go on account of it being open source, uh, free to free to get started with, um, and it based in PHP, which I and others on the team uh, were familiar with. Um, so we started working with it then, and um, and then we had uh, 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 someone come on board, uh, Leland, uh, who, who uh, uh, Tara, you know. Um, who said, hey, you should, uh, do you guys want to sponsor a uh, WordPress DC meeting? Um, because back then uh, we needed sponsors for every event or every, every month. So we did. Um, and since then, I just sort of been coming. Um, I really enjoyed getting involved with the community, meeting a lot of people uh, who are working on similar things or working on things that I had never really imagined. Um, and uh, and uh, so... That's been fun, and I've gotten into 
presenting here and there and presented at WordCamp DC last year um, and would like to do more of that. Um, I enjoy that because it stretches my mind and, and uh, you know, helps build some of those relationships as well. Great. Well, I've enjoyed meeting you at our local uh, meetup and um, it's nice to have a uh, representative from an agency because in DC that's, there aren't that many. So it's uh, it's good for your, your company to support the meetup as well. Um, we're getting close to the end of our time, but I really want to ask you another one of our signature questions, Mark, mm-hmm. which is about advice and what, if you think back to what's the most important piece of advice you've received that's stuck with you and that you implement in your life. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm lucky. I've gotten a lot of good advice over the years and I am appreciative to all those who've, um, you know, offered, offer good advice at the right time. So I thought a lot about this, but the one that I would say is, uh, uh, I have an uncle who likes to provide a lot of advice, uh, as, as many people do. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you're just looking, especially as a younger person, you're just looking to move on and, you know, uh, play with your cousins or, 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 or something else. Um, but, uh, well, he gave me advice that's really stuck with me, uh, which was um, in life to find things that you can be passionate about them and then pursue them and become an expert in them. Um, and, and the passion thing has really stuck with me in particular um, because, you know, there's a lot to do in life and a lot to choose from. Um, and finding things that you can be excited about, even when, uh, you know, you're overwhelmed or things are hard or you don't understand, or you encounter failure, um, having something that you can be passionate about, um, allows you to get through those times and really invest yourself in those. The expertise thing is interesting because, um, you know, what does that exactly mean to become an expert? Um, and, and when I look at him, uh, uh, the person who gave me that advice, uh, his, his expertise is medicine. Um, and, but what, I always, what always impressed me over the years, and I realized what he meant by becoming an expert, was not so much to reach an end of becoming an expert, but to always uh, pursue growth in that area. Um, I remember him when we would visit uh, going upstairs and studying books uh, uh, about a surgery or um, reading articles or being involved in events. Um, where he was growing even as this person to me who seemed like uh, the expert in his field, but he was always growing, uh, is always growing. And, uh, and so I've taken that uh, to heart as, uh, you know, trying to be passionate about, trying to do things that I'm passionate about um, and, and always growing and always developing more and more expertise in those things. That's a great combination of that land on something that you really love and think about and think about even when you're not doing and enjoy doing it. And if you could figure out a way to work that into your work, well, makes going to the office or working from home or wherever the appropriate place of employment is all the more enjoyable and fulfilling. And it all sounds like that become an expert. You've interpreted more along the lines of don't become complacent, always keep learning. And that which is true today about it may not be true tomorrow, especially, I suppose, in medicine, right? The, the way they did surgery in 1920 is not how they do surgery in, uh, on the border of 2020. 
So that's that's a great bit of advice. And and on that on that inspiring note, if I can, Mark, we're going to have to wrap it up. We can't believe it's already been thirty some odd minutes with you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thanks, Mark. Can you tell us where people can find you online? Sure. Uh, so uh, my company's site is uh, jakegroup.com. Um, I am on Twitter, although I've, uh, I'm not a frequent user, but I'm, a frequent, I'm frequently there, but not tweeting. But uh, my Twitter is uh, Mark A. Wall, W-A-H-L. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us and uh, see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.